Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is up, Post Sunday Podcasters? We're so excited to have you guys with us here. Uh, I am your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, and I'm here along with my host as well, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What's up, brother? It's okay to call me your co-host. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I you run co-host the show? is fine, but I, you run the I show, give you the props, the bro. You're the host too. I'll let you have it. You hold it you down. You can be the host. You, I'll be, I'll be your co-host. <laughs> we can do this. I'm the captain. <laughs> However you want to do it. Oh man, this is great. We're excited. Another uh, week with you guys. Another installment, episode 16. Looking forward to uh, continuing our conversations on the Never Ending Story series. Uh, but yeah, it is not a rain, uh, sunny. Orlando weather today. Today is uh, no. pretty rainy, but I, I will say it's actually very fitting. Um, we need this. We, we need, do. Yeah. We do. It's a blessing. Yeah. We need rain right now. Rain signifies it. blessing. It does. Especially in biblical times. Yeah, we have time. not had it. My <laughs> yard needs it really bad. So my <laughs> HOA doesn't come after me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. I don't yes. want to cut grass, but the grass needs it. Yes. Yeah, that's weird. But anyways, man, if you're tuning in with us for the first time, we are super excited to have you. Thank you for joining with us. Uh, what is the Post Sunday Podcast? Just in a nutshell, we are an extension of Genesis Church Orlando. Um, Genesis Church Orlando is a church that we gather together in. We have three services, 8, 15, 9, 30, and 11 o'clock on Sundays. Um, all details are uh, at genesischurchorlando.com. If you want to join us, we'll love, love to have you guys there. But uh, the, the podcast is basically an extension. We, we want to dive a little bit deeper into the Word of God. We want to continue the conversation. And we've been in a never-ending story, year-long series, which I've never been a part of um, it, in all the years that I've been in church, uh, which is fantastic. Um, so we're really, we're diving in. We started January 1, yeah. Genesis 1. Yeah. So now we are in Exodus, and it's been very fun especially coming out uh, off of Easter uh just really the 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 um I guess the the the, the two pieces you know, bringing everything together you know some it just it's worked very very well and so we want to bring application we want to answer some questions we want to take some things or we want you guys to take some things home with you that can help you apply this and so follow us on all podcast platforms Spotify, iTunes, preferably, is where we ha have most of our stuff at. But we also, also would really love your support on the Instagram page. Post Sunday Podcast, follow us on Instagram. Got a lot of cool content there. Got some stuff that we're working in the future to get more engagement and get you guys just more um, information and resources. And it's an easy way to DM some questions. Yes. People have been doing that. Yep. And I would say, you know... This podcast, while it's an extension of Genesis Church, is really there. We have people listening or finding out from yep. all over. Oh, yeah. So if you know the story or you're interested, I mean, obviously, you can just open your Bible, read the story yourself, then use the podcast as something to help supplement that study or taking you further. That's, That's what this is for. So we've got people passing it on to family members and friends that are just wanting to know more about God's Word. That's our goal is that you don't just know of the Bible, but that you actually know God's word. Yeah. Because yeah. it changes you. Yes, it does. It does. And so we're really looking forward to our, we, we've been blessed uh, with the um, amount of feedback that we've gotten on the podcast and just the support itself is, is, is phenomenal. So thank you guys for that. But let's dive in, man. We, uh, we got some things to cover today. Uh, we'll be in the book of Exodus. We're starting in chapter 13. We're running through some chapters here, but... Uh, we will come, for those that are at Genesis, yep. we, we had some technical difficulties. Yes. When you take your whole church to a different location for Easter, 
including all of your technology, <laughs> and you come back and you set up shop, there's always something that Some. goes wrong. And so both live stream services ended early. Yeah. So people didn't get about the last 10, 15 minutes of the service. Yeah. So we're going to hit that content today for those people again. But we're also going to kind of step into it a little bit further, which is nice because you'll kind of get what we did yesterday and you'll get a little extra. So make sure you stay with us. Yeah, the end. yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So we apologize for that. But we'll get, we'll get going here. So uh, obviously we're starting in Exodus 13. Uh, the Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the, uh, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both man and of beast is mine. So you, you mentioned right off the bat, um, when you give your child to God, you are not giving uh, a part of what is yours. You are acknowledging before God, all that is already his. Yeah. We were talking about this last week. Like, Our faith is a family faith. Yeah. That doesn't mean all of your family receives it, but faith is multi-generational. Yeah. So it was never an isolated faith. We in America have come up with this idea of like your, your personal faith in God, your personal relationship with God. While there's an aspect to that, it's never supposed to stay just personal. It's true. It was in private. It was supposed to be shared. So we've got our family, we've got our children, we've got our, we've got extended family. It's, to be told the language of this story is, is one in such that I think gives us this resounding theme of the firstborn, mm. right? And so it's Pharaoh kills. That's the, the beginning of the story. All the firstborn yeah. male Hebrew babies, God comes back and tells Pharaoh, you don't let my people go. <laughs> I'm going to kill all the firstborn males here. Yet then right in the middle of the beginning of the Exodus or really right at the beginning God says, hey, wait a second, take all the first male babies and consecrate them, meaning set them apart for me. So it's not, hey, let's kill them. It's I've got something for them, which is totally different. And that's why you hear this language all throughout the scriptures. We keep going back to, you know, Jesus saying you must be born again. You know, all this language of the firstborn born again is this reminder that we are being brought into the family of God. We're. Some people are are by heritage, really descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The rest of us are spiritual descendants. We're part of the family of God. Therefore, we're supposed to be passing this on to our family, generation to yeah. generation. And as I said, unfortunately, that doesn't mean every family member and every child receives it and chooses it. Yeah. You can't make that decision for them. But you can be responsible to steward your home and your family and your children. And if you're following God, the story of God should be spoken greater than the story of the world is speaking into your home or into your family. Yeah. And you have to constantly evaluate that in this culture. Yeah. And so God goes ahead, Exodus 13, uh, chapter 13, verse 14. And when in time to and when in time to come, your sons ask, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. So even God's saying, hey, listen, it's super important for you to keep this going as a remembrance. Um, Because, uh, and we see it today, you know, obviously we're dealing with some different, um, different, different battles, I would say, you know, uh, social media, a lot of distractions, entertainment, um, that's very different from what they were dealing with at that time. Uh, so it's, we have to be very, uh, very centric with it. Like, Hey, I got to make sure that my kids are understanding on a consistent basis, what this means. Uh, we talked about it last week. We spent some time with you guys in Passover, tons of questions from my nine-year-olds and my six-year-old, uh, about what did that mean? And by the end of it, we were able to tie together, which I, I love how beautifully, Everything has been knitted together with the story of Christ uh, in this never-ending story. Um, but we were able to knit that together for them to understand that this has the same, uh, this is literally uh, what Christ did. And so it was a great just kind of tie-in together for that. But if, if we last week we talked about it. If we're not the ones doing it, yes, someone else is. Right? And, we and have that's why God said, that. this is important for you to keep this going on, on a consistent basis. As you said, we are, we're responsible. Yeah. We have to deeply care about the things 
of in our home and we have to we have to do everything we can to to attach our family yeah. to godly things yeah. because the world is throwing ungodly things at them all the time yeah and so we've just decided in our own home that we will take as many different opportunities as possible yeah. to expose our children and our home to godly things and so no matter what it is Obviously, we have a filter in it, but we, we want to do that. So I was telling you, we went yeah. and saw that the his only son, the Abraham movie, right? Yeah. Why did we want even want to go see that? It's been in the theaters for a few weeks because we just went and told the story of Abraham. So I was like, what a great time to go yeah. see this. And and so they tell the story, and and I got my my daughter with us, and and we're we're walking through it, and she's asking questions the whole time. That's Dad, awesome. did that really happen? Dad, did that really happen? And some of it is Hollywood. And I'm like, I don't know, really. You know, it's the yeah. in between the lines. Some of it did. I didn't know that. And then you get to the very end and they have that moment where uh, he's, the lamb has come, he's on Mount Moriah, and then it flips. And it's like, you know, 33 AD, Jesus is on the cross and a soldier's at the, the foot of the cross wow. saying, surely this is the son of God. And the, my family's like, wait, that's the same mountain? And I said, yeah, I never knew that. That's the same amazing. mountain that Abraham wow. was asked to sacrifice his son Isaac on is the same mountain that Jesus has sacrificed. Whoa. And so to see the joy in them connecting these two dots yeah. that they didn't know, like that that's awesome because now they have a, a new picture to the story so and good. seeing what God was doing. That's what this is all about. So when God's saying, tell your sons, your daughters, your children, when they ask, that's the key, right? Yeah make things curious enough for them to ask, mm. talk about it, expose them to it, be around things. I tell people, take your kids on a missions trip. The best investment in your money in your home is at one time you, you deny the cruise, you deny the Airbnb cabin, the ski trip, whatever it is. And you take that money and you take your family on a mission trip. Why? Because you are literally planting them in a different place that's uncomfortable, but their whole goal that week is to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And it exposes them to all different things, different cultures, different opportunities. Wow. They're curious, new questions, and they are forced to live it out. And it's life-changing. Yeah. What are you doing into your family so that they understand they're hearing the story of God over and over again? And I would say this, I was thinking this, our problem in our culture is this, we don't really understand remembering, right? Like we remember for two reasons. We remember so that we can remember the mistakes that were made and hopefully not make them. That's wisdom. Foolishness is doing the mistakes over again. And so a lot of us don't want to remember part of our story because there are a lot of mistakes made and we don't want to share them. However, they're an opportunity to learn from. The other side is we remember all the good times, then we live in regret that we can't make those good times any longer. So we block out anything that's traumatic in our life, and then we live in depression, guilt, or whatever, that we can't recreate what was so good back then, instead of no remembering is taking you back to those places so that you can tell those nuances, the good and the bad, and move forward from them. That's good, man. That's so good. Remember, such a powerful word. Um, I love Exodus thirteen seventeen. And so it goes, when Pharaoh let the people go, so obviously uh, now he's seen God move 10 times. Yes. <laughs> it took that long. Uh, Pharaoh let the people go. God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. And so obviously it was, um, and you put up a picture of what it was to um the way of, of, of just it, the path, it should have been a little yeah. bit more easier. Um, you kind of, you, you, you drew some arrows and some, some lines as far as like what it should have been, but it wasn't. And, uh, and, and God had a different purpose. He had a different plan. He was looking to do some different things throughout this journey that I thought was, uh, was great, you know, and obviously we get to see it, we get to read about it, but let's, let's dive a little bit deeper into that. So obviously they could have gone into a straight, narrow path to where God, they were intended to go, but God had some different, different plans. You get to imagine if you're them, you're like, dang it. Yeah. 
It's like when you take a family trip. Why did it take us this much longer? Yeah. You know, you're like, hey, it's going to be a 12-hour trip, and I got a grudge to it, and yeah. then it takes 15 because of traffic or a car accident, and you're like, why? You know, it's kind of that in the sense of if you look geographically to get from, from Egypt to the Red Sea, there's a straight path. Yeah. But God tells us he didn't take them the no. near path because he knew there was the, a Philistine military conflict. And if they saw that or if it came up against them, then they're going, he knew, doubt. Because that's what we find in this wilderness part of the story mm. is doubt over and over again, even though God has come through. Mm. And and on, obviously that is relevant to our lives. But you have this moment where you're going, there's an easier path or a quicker path. Let's say that quicker, maybe not easier, just a quicker path. We want that quicker path. Yeah. We want God to come through and get us from point A to point B. And so whatever that desired destination is for us, that's what we expect God to do. So we'll misquote, God gives you the desires of your heart, right? That's God's job. Give yeah. me the desires of my heart. Get me to my desired destination. And that's that's misunderstanding God's story. That's misunderstanding that passage. That's not seeing what God is doing. And what we realize is God said, I'm going to take you three days journey. And the reason we're going to do this is because I'm going to begin to already show you some things. I'm going to teach you some things. And really, without even getting ahead of ourselves, that's what the whole 40 years in the wilderness is. It is God teaching them and showing them things because they just came out of Egypt. So it's inevitably one of those things that they have a lot to unlearn. They've spent years and decades and generations in Egypt. And God's saying, listen, I'm bringing you out to be mine. Consecrate your firstborn. They're mine. I've got a whole new future for you. I've got a promised land we're going to, you know, all these things. So he's going to do whatever he needs to, to unteach them. Wow. And we don't like that. No. We don't like that in our life at all all. But as we said yesterday, God cares more about spiritually shaping you. Yep. And that is the goal of Christianity. That's why it's a lifelong discipleship journey. It is not a race. It is not a sprint. It, it is not. Even though we say a marathon, what do we say it's all the time? Almost, we say it an it's, ending it's a, a, a relay race, yeah, right? Yeah. We're passing the baton off because some of us can run this leg better than the other because of a season of life. That's real discipleship. Yeah. So we have to keep that in perspective. And that point A to point B is the fastest, you know, maybe journey, but it's not the greatest journey for God to take you on. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with how short of a trip it should have been. And it became 40 years, Right. And like you said, there had to be a lot of unpacking, a lot of processing, a lot of uh, just getting rid of, you know, traditions, cultures, things that they've kind of implemented for themselves that God was like, no, nah, I, I have a, I want to get you ready for something totally different. Um, it just really, sh it really opens up my eyes to see how God is a God of, patience, process, um, nothing's ever going to come quick in the kingdom of God. You know, obviously, God can work quickly, and he will when he chooses to. But more often than not, it is going to be a, a slow cooking grind because, like you said, God cares about shaping you spiritually than just helping you arrive at your desired destination. And I thought that was a, a powerful statement that you you brought up, and we see that time and time again, man, with Jacob, Isaac, Abraham, Joseph, just each Moses, all these guys. It's a slow grinding process of development. Um, but do we make it longer sometimes? Yes. Yeah, you, you, you have to think about your choices and decisions get you there sometimes, mm. right? So if Israel doesn't complain and whine and grumble the way we'll find out in the next few weeks, yeah. does the, does the 40 years shrink? Man. You know, does God need that full 40 years? So we don't know They're hypothetical questions. Yeah. However, I think we can prolong some of those things in our own stubbornness, in our own pride, 
and God is going, no, I'm trying to humble you. I'm trying to shape you. And if you want to fight this, it's going to take longer. But if you'll submit to this, you know, the process won't be as grueling or as, as long as, as you thought you'll be able to endure this, you know, yeah. but it all depends on your willingness to surrender. Yeah. And I, that's the key word, right? We don't really understand surrender. No. I gave my life to God. Did you really? Did you give him your life? Mm-hmm. Did you give him all of it? Well, I thought I did. And that's part of the working out our salvation. Yeah not working for your salvation. Let me clarify that. But when you're working it out, you don't understand all of it. Once again, that's discipleship. That's why you stay close to God because you're learning. Oh, I didn't realize I didn't give God total trust in my finances. And it took me a while to understand what that looked like. I didn't give God full trust of my children. Then I learned he's, he has something better for them. So you're working through that. But at the same time, the quicker you surrender, yeah. I think the better off you'll be, obviously. Yeah. Scripture shows that. Yeah, that's that faith element, you know, that faith element. And, and, and Exodus 13, 20, as we move forward, they moved to Succoth and encamped at Ethan on the edge of the wilderness. Yeah. I, I, You know, you look at that verse and you're like, all right, cool, let's move on to the next one. But you highlighted edge of the wilderness. And the next point that you made was basically edge of the wilderness equaling the edge of the unknown, the edge of, of, of just basically, I don't know from this point on what's going to happen. You know, I'm leaving my known to go into the unknown. Now faith is going to be applied in my life. You know, you know, like now, and I think we all come to that crossroad there is a point where you're familiar with certain things in your life. You're familiar with the, all this looks pretty familiar in my faith. But then God always will put you in a place, in a crossroad, where now you don't know what's about to happen. Now you, you're at the edge of the wilderness. I don't know what decision to make. I've never been in this situation. There's an unknown level the factor that we're all going to face uh, that the Israelites are facing now. And it's that element of faith that God is asking them to take and really allow and surrender themselves to, to be all in, like you said. Hebrews, he says, faith is the the assurance Mm. of things unseen, right? If we see it all, where's where's the faith, right? (laughs) So it's the unseen part. Well, I have faith in God. I don't see him, right? But you also have to to have faith in his journey and his process for your life. So that edge of the wilderness speaks into every piece of your story and my story, as we've shared even on this podcast about how we got here, you get to those moments that are just completely unknown. And you're like, God, where are you? I'm talking with my son this past week about a job I almost took. I shared a few weeks ago in Michigan and how three days of fasting and praying of God, am I moving my family to Michigan? God, are you wanting me to stay here? Not knowing truly where my next step is going to be. And then seeing God's provision and protecting me from all of that hindsight, but not knowing it then, you know, so, so people, I think what happens like in the story of Moses is we so tunnel focus on the Red Sea being parted. The big stuff. That's what I think cripples our understanding. It confuses us and it it brings about probably more doubting, I think for people, because they're like, well, I just need to see God part the ocean. How about back up first and pay attention to everything God was doing even before yeah. he parted the sea? And on top of that, it's only happened one time, yeah. <laughs> right? Where's my parting of the Red Sea moment? God didn't do it for anybody else. He did it specifically for the nation of Israel because he's the one preserving his promise and story. So he'll do what he needs to do. Plus, there's something else in that anyways. We'll look at this in this podcast today as we keep going. But we have to stop looking in the scripture sometimes saying and saying, God, if you don't do that for me, yeah, that I saw you do for them, yeah. I don't know if you're even there or if you're real because that that is what cripples our faith mm-hmm. instead of seeing what God is doing for you in your circumstance. It's still supernatural. It's still powerful. It's still the hand of God at work. Yeah, and I think uh, you bring limitations to your faith because what God wants to show you is for you. And so if you're always dictating it, you know, you're basically putting a measure upon, you know, that type of faith that was required back then for what God's asking you for right now. 
Yeah. Um, you know, you're 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 shrinking your your faith. You're putting limitations to your faith and what it's where it's going to take you and what it's going to do for you. And so, yeah, like you said, I think we we have this comparison. We fall into the comparison trap of what you know. Oh God, why aren't you doing the things you were doing in the Old Testament now uh, for us? Uh, well, you know. Aren't you, 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 you're struggling to even believe some of the little things that are happening right now in your life, yeah. you know? So what makes you think you're ready to believe in some of these bigger things and you can't even trust God in the smaller things? I mean, that's it. Yeah. That what you just said is the, the truth. If you're listening to this podcast right now that we discover in the story, people would say it, we'll talk about this this Sunday. So I'll give you a little, Sneak peek. Sneak peek into it, right? Miracles don't equal stronger faith. But what do we want? We want miracles. You see these crowds in these stadiums following these people that, you know, they're doing these miracles and, and all this stuff. And, and, and yet what you see, God just did 10 plagues. God shows up in a pillar of a cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night. And they're still doubting. They're still complaining. Their faith hasn't been strengthened. They're in fear of Pharaoh and the army coming after them. Jesus performs all these miracles. And at one part, it says the crowd turned and walked away from him when he called them unto himself. So the miracle doesn't always equal stronger faith. But we sit around crying out for a miracle because if we see the miracle, we'll believe. Yeah, it's going to just supernaturally you know, bring this, this next level of faith for you that, you know, there's no, no more work for me to be done. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't can know it, where this, can it do that? Yeah. Yes. At the same time, it doesn't always equal that. Yeah. And, and we have too many people chasing God for the big miracle. Give mm. me my burning bush. Give me my red sea moment. Then I'll trust. Then I'll believe. And if you don't show up that way, yeah. you must not be real. And God's going, I was working here. I was working there. We're going to see this this coming Sunday in the next few chapters. They're not these grand miracles. They're small ones, and the people still complain. Yeah. So so we have to move past this whole, if I just see healing, if I just see miracles, if I just see this, then, then it will change my whole faith, my whole family, whatever. And we have to ask, do we believe what God has already shown us in his story? Yeah. That's the foundational stone we need to start with. Yeah. And then we'll talk about what God is doing in your story and has been doing in your story that you've either seen or you've rejected. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're in this moment now where God is literally showcasing his, his grandness, his glory. In Exodus 13, 21 and 22, the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. I love... Um, the pictures that you showed uh, in service this past week uh, of just kind of what it would uh, what it would kind of look like at that time. And if I gotta say, if if that was what I was looking at, <laughs> my goodness, I mean, do I need anything else <laughs> for God to do? You know, in order for me to believe and to be fully obedient, you know, it is it's crazy to me. Again, and, and, and man, I, you know, and, and, and I say this hindsight, you know, because it's so easy to be super critical of these people at that time. But listen, we face the same situations. We see God. God is moving in ways that we don't even see if we would just open our eyes. And I hope that this never-ending story series is really allowing you to open up your eyes to see the small details of what God is doing in your life but here I am looking at this, and I'm like, goodness, man. A, a, a pillar by day and a, a fire by night. Uh, it looks amazing. It looked amazing, those pictures. You, we, were, we were with a couple this past week doing some marriage mentoring. And, you know, inevitably, when you're married, they, they get to the point where they say exactly what we all know and we all experience. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, our arguing and our biggest fallouts isn't over the big thing. It's the small thing yeah. that just keeps getting stacked on top of each other. And then it all crumbles. Right? So we know this reality in the covenant of marriage, you know, when we're fighting and arguing 
And I would say, you know, kudos to what you just pointed out. It's the same way with our faith. We can all maybe identify a big moment, but your faith is really built in the small ones mm. that, that are stacked upon each other. That's that good. really strengthen it. To be able to see the little ways in which God is working, blessing, shaping, moving, instead of always just waiting for the big rock to roll, uh-huh. right? And so when you get to this, you just, you have to look at it and go, what can I take from this story? Because God says, hey, throw down your staff. It's going to turn to a snake. But the other magicians do that as well. Even though his staff eats their staff, I could see where on the first one, you're like, hey, this is a magic trick gone wrong. Right? You know, so there's probably disbelief. It's all magic. But you get three signs. You get 10 plagues. I mean, you see death through an entire land and now God shows up the way he does and you're still doubting mm. like how and, but it's, it's easier right now to sit here and say how, right? Cause how many times do you doubt? And do I doubt still knowing all that God has done in our life and in our home and our marriage? I think about like at Easter, I'm sitting there and no one knows this. I'm just in tears. I'm just in tears on the front row. And the reason I'm in tears is not, oh, the, the, the service has been just so grand because we had technical problems and yeah. everything else. All of a sudden, it's just this moment where God is speaking to me. And I remembered this is really the first time we're back on a uh, Orange County school property mm. for church, right? We've used a movie theater. We've used a school. We, we rent from a, a private Christian Academy now, but to be on a public school ground doing church. And I'm having this moment no one else knows about where we're talking about God being faithful and doing what he says he's going to do. And I'm thinking about back when I was on that school ground in 2010, and I'm hearing like the bad karaoke clap in the audience because there's, you know, 30 people out there. And I'm, and I'm literally just going home at night going, I'm a failure. This isn't going to work. Did I hear God? Wow. Is he really true? Is he going to be faithful? I've got pastors telling me, listen, you'll be lucky to make it three years and you'll be lucky to reach a hundred people. If you do both of those in this city, you'll be considered a success story to, to have endured that long wow. and to reach that many people. And here we have the largest attendance we've ever had at this church 13 years later. It has nothing to do with that in and of itself. It was just God saying, Look around for a moment and pay attention to the fact that I'm doing what I told you I would do if you would come here. And that isn't like for me to gloat. I, like I said, I was humbled. I was in tears because I'm seeing hindsight. God, you have been working. God, you have been moving. God, sometimes I forgot that. Sometimes I've doubted that. COVID hits and you're like, will our church be one of the churches to never recover? Wow. And here we have not only recovered, and rebounded, we have soared since since COVID. And that doesn't make us a better church than anybody else. So if you're listening to this podcast today, we are no better than anybody else. It, I Sometimes I don't know why. You know, I want to give you every great leadership answer as to why it's growing. And we have strategies and systems and all that. But at the end of the day, it's a God story. I can't take any credit for it. And I can't go, I know exactly why. Because if I tell you do these three steps, yeah. it'll happen for you. So, but I'm having this moment of how many times did I doubt this whole time, these 13 years to be back on a public school property, seeing this amount of people and God going, I do what I said I'm going to do. You just, you just doubted too many times along the way. Just keep trusting me. Yeah. Yeah. It was a powerful moment. I'll tell you that powerful, powerful moment, man. Um, But here, here they are, right? They're in the middle of the wilderness and here comes this guy again, <laughs> Mr. Pharaoh himself, uh, thought we were done with this guy. Here he comes. He wants to show back up again, kind of make his final hoorah and see what he can do to kind of salvage all of this again. But, um, but yeah, I mean, as, as, as now the Israelites are knowing that he's coming near now, um, the Bible says in Exodus 14, 10, and 11, at the, at the back end of that, um, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they, and we highlighted this, highlighted this feared 
greatly. I mean, we're talking, we're talking, God has shown them by day what he can do, by night what he can do, in plagues what he can do. And here is Pharaoh once again instilling fear into their lives. And Moses and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, it, it, is it because they are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Man, come on. What's that song? Uh, is it you? I mean, you're supposed to know this, not me. You're supposed to know the, all the music. <laughs> Fear is a liar. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Fear is a liar. So it lies to you over and over again. But we we succumb to it. Yeah. We want to say we live faith over fear, but if we're honest, in the moment, we live fear over faith <laughs> more times than not. Let's just be honest. Yeah. It's great to have it on your T-shirt. It's yeah. great to have it on your hat. Faith over fear, bumper stickers, but more often than not, we are fear over faith. Mm. And now you have this moment, like you just said, it's not just the edge of the wilderness, it's the edge of dry ground. Mm. <laughs> there's a sea in front of you. You know, it's drowned, walk out to the ocean. You know, there's no boat and try to swim across and drown or Pharaoh and his army behind us. Wow. And now fear shows up, which is the greatest liar that we're trapped. Pharaoh thinks they're trapped. He says they're trapped. They're, they're, they're trapped where they are at the, at the edge of the wilderness. Yeah. He thinks he's got them. So we have two groups, not two groups. Yeah, we do. Two groups of stupid people, right? <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> two groups of just stupid people. Pharaoh and his army. Yeah. God did all this. We don't care. We're going to go get them. And then the Israelites. God did all of this. And the moment we're forgetting we think we're, we're done, done for. Yeah. Two two groups of people, like like we said yesterday, people were laughing. You know, I could see in people's eyes, like Pharaoh's the greatest idiot to possibly live <laughs> in, in the Bible. There's a lot of them, but a guy who went through as much as he did yeah. to continue to chase down Israel yeah. as if he's going to overcome it and win in the end, this guy's an idiot. He has seen all of this as well. He has been blocked by the the the, the pillar all Crazy. night long. So God has literally come in between him. You would think he'd be like, yeah, we can't overcome this. Let's retreat and go home. But he's stubborn and prideful enough to keep going. And that's very relevant to all of us, right? Our stubbornness and our pride just win way too often. Way too much. And we got to recognize that it wins in our marriages. It wins in our, in our children. It wins in our careers. It wins in just what we think we deserve, we don't get our food right. We don't get our drink right. We, we don't get the, the service we want. We think we have the right to just respond out of our own stubbornness, our pride, whatever it is. So we're all guilty. We all have this moment where we can have hearts of Pharaoh. They can be hard towards God. They can not want to see the hand of God. They think that we're better than God. All these things we have to evaluate in our lives. That's wisdom. Wisdom is looking at the foolishness of someone else and not repeating it. Foolishness is being told the foolishness of someone else and still doing it. Yeah. That's when you look at someone and go, you're an idiot. Yeah. You, you're the most ignorant person because you were told ahead of time. Think of it. God told Pharaoh, if you don't let my people go, I'm going to kill all the firstborn babies in your land. To me, it'd be like, okay, <laughs> yeah, go. But no, I'm going to hold my ground until you just do it. Yeah. And a lot of us do that. We hold our ground way too much, and we end up in the wrong place. And so you've got them and you got the Israelites, and they're in fear. And instead of fearing God, they're fearing Pharaoh and his army. And so we can look into the story if we have the right wisdom and discernment. There's so much we should be walking away with going, God, is that me? God, do I do that? Do I, do I find myself responding like that in situations or do I see that I need to trust you more or that you're going to be faithful or that you're working and I just need to stop, be still, you know, be silent. Yeah. You know, as we you talked about, that. fear not, stand yeah. still, see the salvation of God. But God says, be silent. Yeah. Right. Because, yeah, Moses responded and he told him, he says in um, Exodus 14, 13 
and 14. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see right now in front of you, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. That's good. Yeah, that's him. You know, we didn't make that up. So if you don't like it, <laughs> don't come running after us. Yeah. You know, it's, I love it. Like, and, and I think, I, I think, so I have to, this is a personal thought into yeah. this. I want to be clear yeah. that I don't know if I could back this up scripturally, but I think God is not just saying, oh, shh. You know, like you tell a child, like, just, just yeah. be quiet. You know, you're playing hide and go seek. Yeah. <laughs> just, I think he's telling some people in their life in a story, like, oh, you need to be quiet. Yeah. There's a little bit of more authority in that because you, you complain too much. You mm. whine too much. You grumble too much. As we said yesterday, some people, the circumstance they're in is because they gossip too much or they mm. slander too much. Some people want to always add to the narrative. And it's as if God is saying, I write the story. Yeah. I speak it. I write it. I put it in motion. I don't need you speaking into my story. Yeah. You need me speaking into yours. Yeah. So you've got to learn to listen. Yeah. Stop always talking. Just watch me work. Yeah. And I would go even further to say, God is, he, is there's someone out there today that needs to, to hear this, but he's saying silent the fear in your life. Yeah. Silent the doubt in your life. Silent the anxiety in your life. Silent the things. You might not necessarily be on a, in a physical sense of just talking, but there is just a lot of noise happen, happening in your mind, happening in your heart, happening in your emotions, uh, your actions uh, that need to be silent, that need for, for the authority that God has given you for you to say, I am si I'm silencing this right now so that God can have his place in my mind, in my heart, in my emotions, in everything in my life right now. So it, you, you can interpret it that way. Not only, hey, listen, quiet your mouths of the unbelief, but silent the areas in your life that are bringing this, this, this noise and disruption that is just taking you away from fully trusting in what God is trying to do in your life. How come you didn't tell me that before Sunday? Let's go, bro. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Listen, if you're listening right now, so like yep. on, on, on my Twitter feed, a lot of what I've done in the last year, you, you a lot of leadership stuff, yep. a lot of coaching stuff, you know, obviously a biblical base, but some of just to be a better person, a better dad, a better father, better leader. Yeah. And often I read all this stuff like, hey, unfollow the negativity. Anything that's negative in your feed, get it out. So in essence, that's what you're saying right now is you silence the, the Facebook feed, right? Because there's that person on there right now that you're in conflict with or you're jealous over Envy, yeah. or you're envying. Block them. Yeah. Unfollow them. Silent yeah. that noise yeah. on your Instagram feed, on your Snapchat on your TikTok, on your Twitter, whatever it is that you keep waking up every day and allowing to feed your fear mm. or your worry, as you just said, or your anxiety, that's, that's powerful. Yeah. There's, that's I, yeah, I think of, I think of like business owners, man, that, you know, I can almost see, you know, their feed just constantly on other people's business and how they're thriving. And all that's doing is building this anxiety in yes. you, a fear of, of loss, fear of, 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 you know, even down to the buck, you know, and how, you know, will I have enough? And God's given you enough. He's supplied everything you've needed thus far. And so, People you know, get mad all the time because oh, they dude. come to me and they're like, hey, I followed you on Instagram. You haven't followed me back or I asked to follow you. <laughs> and they, they take it personal. That's crazy. And it's nothing personal yeah, anymore. Yeah. Honestly, about a year and a half ago, I just stopped. I will post on it from time to time. Yeah. I've decided to make it uh uh, not a necessity in my life. Yeah. And because I started following some people that I didn't want to follow anymore, or I didn't think they needed to follow me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they went to our church. Sometimes they didn't. They said all this stuff. I just stopped altogether. So if you literally come ask me and I pull up my Instagram, like right now it says like 389 friend requests. I just stopped. And they think like, Oh, you rejected me. Well, actually <laughs> I, I think I rejected everybody in the last year and a half. 
yeah. because I just don't need that. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've decided that that you know piece you want there. is going to be for the things. Yeah. Like I, it's guys who talk how to be a better speaker, communicator, yeah. how to how to wake up in the morning and get your day. It's stuff that I'm building into my life and routine that I know I need, and it's pushing back the noise. And that's a little good. bit of what you just said, that, man, that's, that's awesome. Just that silent is verbally silent, yeah. and it's silencing the noise. Yeah. That might be causing the fear. So, Pastor, I want to, um, you know, we had, like like you you mentioned earlier in the pod, but we had some technical difficulties late in uh, in the message. And so I, I, I want to give a little bit of, uh, or let just give you the the time to really kind of shed a little bit on the back end of here of, of where we left off there. Um, but uh, kind of lead us through that a little bit uh, for, for that, for, for our, our church and those listening on the pod, just kind of, uh, give us that that tail end of things. Um, yeah, I think we, we left had. off right where, you know, it's God telling Moses, yeah. go stretch your hand over the waters. Yeah, And so if you're with us, you got to hear it on site. That's when I think the, the live stream just botched out. Yeah. We, 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 fixed, we fixed that now. Um, but it's that reality of in that moment, God tells Moses, stretch out your hand. And it says... Here's, here's the cool part, right? Once again, it's those trigger words. And an east wind blew over the waters. So there's that word east again, right? So we know that whenever we see that word, that means something good is not about, something that is not good is about to happen. Mm. Now, inevitably, the good is Israel gets through. But the not good is Pharaoh, you're not getting through this, wow. right? And so there's that that picture, first of all, that God once again, the creator in Genesis 1, who hovers over the waters of the deep at the very beginning of all creation. And then it tells us like, you know, and he separates the waters above from the waters below. Is this same God at work? So this isn't a different God or goddess like they thought in Egypt for, for everything. This is the same God at work. And his spirit, it's the same word for wind, comes across this water and divides it. So the same God who divides things vertically can divide them horizontally. And as we said yesterday, this God can do whatever he wants to do. It's his creation. He controls it. That detail. And yeah. in essence, that's what he's doing. Like we've been talking about, this is God flexing all the time because I want everyone to know I alone am God. Mm. God, keep flexing. Like that should be your prayer. Flex all you want in my yeah. life. Show yeah. your power. Yeah. Show your might. Show your hand at work. Stretch it out. Do whatever you want to do. Just keep flexing and proving you alone are God, right? And so this is taking place. And the story tells us the nation of Israel goes through. We talked about yesterday. Like we can't fathom what that would have been like, no. right? We're talking no, over a million people. No, no movie does that justice. Lot. Right? Like, what does that feel like? You talk about fear. I'm more fearful, as I said, to probably walk through the middle of an ocean. That's crazy. Yeah. Than to, to at least maybe fight against the Egyptians. Mm. I might not make it out, but at least I get to fight. Yeah. I get in the center of that water. <laughs> I got no And whatever's fight. holding them back decides not to. Yeah. I can't fight that. I'm done, and right? You see a shark, which I see a shark, will as I said, you. like that, <laughs> that part, all those things playing out. In your head, yeah. your child, and you're being led by your parents through that. Wow. What is going on in their mind? And they get through, and they get to the other side, and then here comes that idiot Pharaoh who's had all this, and then he decides, I'm going through that as well. Wow. I didn't part that ocean. Moses did. So Moses' God gave him the authority to stretch out his hands. I didn't get to do that. I think I'm a God, but I'm going through that water too. Like, you are a complete, complete moron. Yeah. Anyways, they get through. They look back. Waters collapse. Pharaoh's whole army is destroyed. And on the other side, on the other embankment, it tells us, and I think chapter in verse thirty of chapter fourteen, that day, the Lord saved them from Pharaoh and the Egyptians. That's key because it wasn't. It wasn't the 10th plague. That's not what the scriptures tells us is when he saved them. That's when he rescued them. He saved them when he completed what he said he was going to do. And that was show Pharaoh in Egypt and all of Israel that I alone am God. And so what's the final moment? He fought 10 gods in the 10 plagues in the sense of he showed them, I'm more powerful than your 10 gods. Yeah. 
who's the person that thinks he's God on earth? I've taken your son away. Yeah. You're the last one standing. Yeah. When I take you out, I have completed all that I said that I would do. God, flex all you want to flex because yeah. that's what you're doing. And when he does, what's the response of Moses? He writes a song and they begin to worship because that's, that's, that is your natural response yeah. is to lift up a song to God. It's, it's in the story of God. It's happening here. And it's at the end of the story of God all the way through. It's to continue to lift a song to God and the song's beautifully written. Yeah, and if you miss it, you don't even know it's a song. <laughs> yeah. But I love how, um, and I just shout out to to our team, um, but we we kind of had a moment, a little spontaneous just worship moment, and it was honestly not even talked about. It was just something God really moved through, and and we just had a hallelujah moment, man, and it was so good. And uh, looking back at it today, um uh, I'm like, wow, wow, you know, uh, that's our response. Yeah. You know, Moses had his response. That was our response. And you could just hear the church just really singing along with us, you know, the highest praise that we can sing, and that's hallelujah. And it was just such a powerful moment for us as a church, man, to really kind of exclamation point that, you know, together. But, yeah, man, God is um, – you mentioned something um, – Coming off of Exodus 15, 2, the Lord is my strength, right? This is, this is Moses, basically, uh, and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. And you say, uh, Eli. Yeah, like, look at those words. The Lord is my strength and my song. So mm -hmm. this is the, the declaration. Why? Because he became my salvation. Why do I sing? Why do I declare? Because of what he did. That's good. I love this, though. We'll talk about that, Zay Eli. Uh, this is my God, and I will praise him. But don't, don't miss. This is my father's God, mm. and I will exalt him. Here's that family multi-generational story again wow. being played out. Wow. He doesn't just say, it's my God. It's my father's God. It's being passed down. This is so crucial to understanding Christianity and the faith. What's the outside world say? Will you just indoctrinate your kids? Yes. <laughs> this is what our faith calls us to do. By the way, it's not the only faith. Yeah. Take the other faith. They pass it down. And really, what's culture doing? Passing down the ideology that they want to our culture, to our children. So they're indoctrinating them. Yeah. Everything they're trying to do in the schools and all that stuff, who are they targeting right now? The children. Turn on the news, read the stories. Everything happening is happening for the children, right? How are you allowing drag shows for children? Because you're trying to indoctrinate them with an ideology, yeah, right? That's true. So this is my father's God. Mm. So beautiful. Like if you're listening today, one day, what if your grandchild who didn't know you very well, maybe you didn't know them, maybe you've passed on, but they said something like, this was my grandfather's God because you passed it down through your family the right way. Yeah. Like I say, I'm a third generational pastor. My grandfather died when I was in 10th grade. I know the God of my grandfather, That's awesome. not just to my father. Wow. And so, but that part, Zay Eli, this is my God. So one of my favorite teachers pointed this out and he was like, this is not just, this is my God. Mm. Yeah. Casually or like, Hey, I know you have your religion. This is the God of my religion. This is none of that. It's not a complacent way to say it. It is a resounding, like, this is my God. You know, I heard uh, uh, one of your team members was saying back in the in the side room, they were, like, chanting back, no, it's my God. No, it's my God. You know, they were playing with it. And we, we have uh, Allison, you know, yeah. who wasn't there Sunday, but usually on the front row oh, when we're man. preaching with her tambourine, which they had a tambourine in this in this passage, and I'm going, oh, if she this pays attention her, to that, man. you know, but my God, she, yeah. that's what she, she's Jamaican. That's what she, you know, she just, that's kind of her amen moment. Yeah. It's kind of like that, you know, it is declaring, this is my God. Like my God did all of this. My God is the one who came through. My God saved so us. Good. My God rescued us. My God. How many times do we turn around and do that? Yeah. Instead, we're so afraid of the culture. We don't even talk about our faith, let alone look at someone and go, that's fine. You might believe that, but this is my God. Yeah. 
and this is who I follow. This is who I trust. And so there's a real conviction in how you say it. It's like, it's like a text message. Yeah. I can write you a text message. You don't know the nuance behind it, right? You don't know if I'm angry, upset, happy. If I just say something, you don't know it. So when we read it in scripture, sometimes we don't know that nuance. This is that moment where like, if you knew the perspective of like the chant, you know, it's no different than a, than a sports fan. You know, this is my team. Yeah. I cheer for them. This is my God. That's, that's how this plays out in his song. That's why he says things like who among you, there is none among you alike the gods. Oh, God's like you. Your steadfast love redeems us. Your, you, O oh Lord, will reign forever and ever, which is a connection to Revelation. So that's a great part when we get there in December, that, that what they're singing now is what we sing around the throne of God. Mm-hmm. And so here's, here's a piece of the story I couldn't tell yesterday. Okay? It is. This, remember, this is the day God saves them. This, in essence... If you really want to pay attention to it, this in essence is the, what I would, what I would say is this, is the first symbolic baptism we find in scripture. Mm. You say, well, how, how can you say that? Pay attention to what happened, right? Listen to the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers... We're all under the cloud of God, right? And all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses and into the cloud and into the sea. So Paul uses this and says, listen, this was a baptism moment. God parted the waters, brought them through, and closed them up. And it's not till they got on the other side that they declared, This is God's salvation for me. What happens in baptism? Yep. We take people under, it parts the waters, they come out of it, and they are now new on the other side, on the other side of it. Yep. And this is this picture taking awesome. place in Scripture that symbolically everything ties back to of remember when God took them through the waters to create a new family, these firstborn of his and this new this new children of God and he was going to do a new thing and so they sing it with all that they had this is the life-changing moment for the nation of Israel does it still come with complications oh, yeah. yes but this is God's rescue for them bringing salvation in this moment and there's this picture of baptism taking place within the waters the same way when we do baptism that's good man if that's all you got from this podcast, you, that's 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 hands down amazing. Yeah. Um, and that's what we want to bring in this podcast. We want to bring some some just different, unique pieces uh, that you know sometimes we don't have enough time to share on you know a 25, 30 minute segment. And so, uh, please, 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 if you get a chance. Um, Leave us a review. We would love to have you guys uh, just give us uh, give us a five star review. Give give us some love out there on Spotify and iTunes. The more you do that, the more uh, we can come across different people um, and possibly bring a disruption into their life in a good way. Yeah. Um, and part the waters, uh, God be able to part the waters in their life. Um, so uh, follow us. Follow us on Spotify, iTunes. Leave us a review and on Instagram, if you want to just DM us some questions, you want to go a little further, we're open to that. Uh, just give us some time to get back to you on that, but we'll definitely be able to. But uh, this was fun. Always this was, is. This was fantastic. The story keeps going and there's so many different details. Yeah. There's so much to do. Like I, w- I was telling you earlier, this Sunday's great, but... The, the next Sunday, the 30th, like what, mm. what we're going to do with that before we do Church at the Beach yeah. and we celebrate baptisms. Because like, think about it. God creates through the waters in creation. God recreates life, Noah, in the waters. God rescues Israel in the waters. <laughs> this is like a theme. So why not go celebrate and do our own baptisms, yeah. right? Yeah. All this new, new life comes through Jesus. Wow. Through the waters, through the living water of Jesus. There's so many connections. There Anyways, is. But we have so much in the there story. Is. Yeah, yeah. Every week, like, it's not like, all oh, this week is just not the same. Yeah. All the story just has so, no. so much in it. And we get to do it on Sunday, and we get to come to this podcast 
and do it for other people. It's a treat, man. We truly enjoy it. And like we say, there is symmetry in the word of God. So everything ties together um, with God's word. So uh, I hope you are staying in touch with us. Like I said, I, I want to just personally invite you guys, come out, be a part of what we're doing. Genesis Church Orlando, you can find us on YouTube and Facebook. We are live at 930 and 11. Find us there. Let that be your um, let that be the entrance uh, way to seeing what's happening here at Genesis. But but again, we always encourage. There is no experience like Genesis. Uh, being a part of a Genesis live experience and moment with us together. Um, whoever's come in has never left. And, uh, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. We uh, wish. We wish, yeah. But that's not always I, I would say our percentage is pretty pretty high, though. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> as long as you find a church, yeah. it doesn't have to be ours. Yeah, find exactly. A find a place that you can gather and that's feeding you the word of God. And so we, 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 we want that for you. But anyways, it was a pleasure being with you guys. Pleasure uh, chatting the word of God with you. And we look forward to being with you guys next week as we continue the never-ending story series here on the Post-Sunday Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post-Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.